Welcome to another episode of Read the Room on the No Filter Network. Welcome to a, another episode of Read the Room, friends. How are you, Uncle Rico? I'm doing well. As you can see, we have a special guest today, uh, a one Stephanie Rill, and we will let the audience be introduced to her. Mark, I'll leave that to you. Stephanie, how are you? I'm doing great. How are y'all? Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Welcome back. And we're uh, excited that you'll uh, be hosting with us uh, based on your schedule and level of interest uh, here on Read the Room. And we're very excited about it because both of you guys bring a really good grassroots, real American appeal to all of the crap that I deal with on a, uh, a daily basis. Oh, yay. <laughs> so, uh, hey, here we are, right? Cocaine Bear Part 2 uh, here on Read the Room. And uh, I can't wait to get started. I just can't wait. Well, it's been a long, long week. Another busy <laughs> week. I mean, we called it this summer was going to be the summer of love. And boy, has it ever. The mm -hmm. hammer is being dropped, the nail smashed into the coffin. It's fucking Christmas right now. <laughs> I'm loving every second of every hearing. I I'm one of those people. I love watching people lie. Like I love finding the forensics and the psychology of how people lie, how they look, how they react, and every bozo that they bring up in front of uh, Congress the way they stumble on their words, mince words, and get caught in so many lies. It's fantastic. So I'm loving this time of year. Uh, Steph, what about you? What have you taken away from this week in America and globally? That, you know, you can never be surprised considering the political environment and how crazy it is and what avenues and twist turns and cocaine, you know, tends to pop up <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere of, you know, the White House of all places. So, you know, I'm enjoying the ride as well, you know. Excellent. Well, I real. seem to have forgotten at the Secret Service that they found weed there twice in the last oh. two and a half years. Even better. Oops. It's more, yeah. Keep it natural, right? What's yeah, that? <laughs> natural. <laughs> it's a letter opener next to a bag of weed. Yeah. Well, don't worry. Yeah. It'll be uh it'll be funky mushrooms soon. Uh, <laughs> so I got a question for you guys. What do cocaine bears, flying squirrels, um George Soros and hundred thousand military troops in Ukraine all have in common? Stephanie, go. Uh, chaos, <laughs> a little crazy. What about you there, uh, Dr. Rico? Uh, it's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> Friday um, on Earth. The, uh, the answer, and if I had a drum roll, I would do one right now. It's all Joe Biden. So oh, Cocaine snap. Bear, we know, right? That's his boy mm -hmm. and or a guest who thought it was cool to bring Coke into the White House. The Flying Squirrel part is the actual name of the company that Teresa Hines, John Kerry's wife, named the company that owned the private jet he flew around the world on 58 times. Lied about mean? it. Did not go under oath yesterday in the committee hearing, the oversight hearing, by the way. 
Um, but they sold it last year to a hedge fund. George Soros, we know, is uh, you know the hand puppet or hand, uh, puppet master of the uh, Democrat Party. And besides the seventy-nine thousand, uh, excuse me, I can't add. Besides the ninety-seven thousand troops already stationed over there in Europe, we have three thousand more going to Ukraine. Doesn't that mean I that we're... Need... Go ahead, Steph. Oh, I apologize. No, you're good. But it's in. almost like they need that. Why are we sending people or troops, more troops? This is unnecessary. But, you know, obviously they're hiding something. Well, that's shocking news to me to hear that they're sending 3,000 because according to NATO in the awards <laughs> that would draw us into direct conflict and mm -hmm. entrance into the war mm -hmm. a nuclear superpower so that is okay it's not shocking to me because we already knew based on the reports that surfaced that we already had troops over there and it's amazing the way they can justify that oh well we, you know we gotta train them and we gotta help them with their weapons I thought no military personnel on the ground in Ukraine at all, ever. That's what I heard. That's what I was told. And when I go to my friends that tend to vote in a way that uh, coincides with that train of thought, it's amazing to watch how they can all of a sudden – you'll ask them, so do we have troops in Ukraine? No. Well, we do. Oh, well, you know uh, – we got to have them, and they stumble, and they can't figure out how to get out of the hole that they've dug for themselves. So I am not shocked that this is going to happen, and countdown to when China moves in on uh, Taiwan. So you want to know how they did it? Hmm. They uh, reclassified reserve troops uh, under a different classification. So they moved 3,000 people that were classified under one classification, moved it to another one, and said, yeah, we have the ability. This is what bureaucracies do. We have the ability to move them wherever we need them to go. And they put them on a, um, a, a C-17 and flew them um, over. Oh, that was not on a private jet, by the way. See, when you said when you said how did they get there, the only thing I thought of was that scene in Willy Wonka where they go through that <laughs> they go down the river and it's got I don't know the song, I know the scene, and I just imagine all of our troops floating down this crazy chaotic river into Ukraine. Next to Oompa Loompas on the side, right? What a joke. Willy Wonka. Right. What a joke. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty bad. I mean, we've got a hot war, as they call, which I think is kind of a gay name anyway. But hot war. I'm like, oh, what what are they in culottes and a uh, halter top? Come on, mm -hmm. um, there is a war. Now we're in it. That's what Democrats do: is uh, the establishment, Democrat or Republican side, gets us back into uh, conflicts like this with foreign countries. We have no business being there, but that's what they all have in common, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So in keeping with our theme today on Cocaine Bear Part 2, 
about two hours ago, an internal White House report came out. They haven't released it yet, but we know the name of the person whose fingerprint they found on the bag of cocaine that directly contradicts what the Secret Service said yesterday, that inconclusive, we don't know who it is, we're shutting it down, thank you very much, peace, love, Obama. So <laughs> this ain't over by a mile. How do you guys feel about that? Steph? Well, you know, if we can't figure out what the heck is going on in the White House and, you know, these little details behind where this bag of cocaine came from, then imagine what other things are going uh, through the cracks in our intelligence and our security of our nation. It's just a joke. We're a joke, you know, to the world. She hits it on. She hits it exactly on the head. We're a joke to the world. Like watching Biden at the NATO, watching world leaders go over him. To mm-hmm. ch- like, you used to bow to the American president. You didn't right. reach over the president to shake the hand right. of a Russian mafioso in a tracksuit. Right. Okay? You gave respect to America, and they love a weak America. <clears throat> they know that they can fleece. America for dollars. And Biden even bragged about, well, we're giving more than everybody combined. It's like, no shit, because you print money like a dumbass. And that's why we are in the economic turmoil that we're in right now. But to go back to the cocaine bear in the White House, so many different stories coming from this. You know, was it somebody that, because reporting saying that hunters living at the white house so was this dope dealer coming in to give him his stash was this hunters that got left over what's going on here the bottom line is it's supposed to be the most secure building in america with every square inch covered wall-to-wall cameras like there is no way a junior pi from tuscaloosa alabama no would figure this out and i'm talking somebody with the tools that we have in front of us right now right we can figure out where this coat came from who it belonged to so the the area of the white house it would be a shit show (laughs) (laughs) the area of the white house that they found it in near the situation room um, oh the situation room (laughs) right right it's not not a situation Right. Uh, the situation they find themselves in right now, FUBAR, um, uh, is not an area where tourists are allowed, number one. Well, Hunter, so, you probably think the Situation Room is like where the Jersey Shore casts hang out, and that's probably where the blow came from. <laughs> Mike, the situation, abs, the day. Mike's like, I got a room named after me now. Right. The Situation right. Room. Let's throw down. A, yep. white guy th- a white guy thinking he's black cracks me up every time. Um, so I wonder how many times he got dropped on his head as a child, but, uh, (laughs) you know, it happens. Um, sorry, son. Um, it is low traffic. There are no tourists. Uh, the bullshit excuse that, uh, the, uh, net idiot NSA, uh, uh, advisor who used to be a press secretary 
on a, on political campaign. So he is completely incompetent. Tried to say it was, he's trying to blame it on workers, on blue collar guys the other day. Oh, we're having construction done over there. So we're not using the situation room. Well, who would know that? Well, people who live in the residence like Hunter and his drug dealer friends, right? I wonder, yeah. Hmm. who can walk in there with him because everybody knows who he is. And I'm telling you right now, I said this to Rico last week. I've said it before. I can walk, I can no longer walk um, just off the floor because of 9-11, right? I walk in the halls. I look like a congressman. People think I am. They look for the lapel pin. It isn't there. And they're like, oh, oh, yes, sir. You know, that kind of crap, right? But you, um, I can still walk through, excuse me, walk around a magnetometer with a member of Congress down the hallway, up the steps outside, uh, to the, to the floor any day of the week and twice on Sunday. So security there, good men and women, they know that if someone is with a member they don't frisk them, stop them, whatever. They're with the members, so therefore they're safe. Same mindset as in the White House. No different. No different. It's not like going to a concert at Red Rocks where everybody gets searched. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. No, about, yeah. all about that. <laughs> no, it's just not. It's just not. So what's going to come out of this, you guys, is if they've got a fingerprint, and apparently they do, and they've identified who it was, and a person off the record said, we've known who it was for a week. There you go, Rick. I told you they knew, right? Of course told they you. did. Yeah, of course yeah. they knew. Yeah. They're going to, they got to figure out how do we spin it? Who is it? Uh, what do we say? Because this is not over. And these guys look like complete morons. Another hash mark against Biden, which puts pressure on him not to be the nominee. Well, obviously. It's I have just, a question for you. Yes, ma'am. Are you ready for it? So what? in what other circumstances and situations have uh, evidence contradicted one another it, it, to a caliber of so, sorts? Well, unfortunately, whether it is boots on the ground in Iraq, excuse me, in Ukraine, uh, whether it is um, inflation at 9 or 10%, not affecting Americans because of the great giveaway um, and the inflation we have right now, you have time after time after time where this moronic press secretary and that White House have had to change the story. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, I don't know, Rick, was it five days ago, this little string cheese head um, mouthpiece came out and admonished reporters for asking legitimate questions about cocaine ownership only to be corrected when in fact they were home a week ago Sunday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ramen is uh, ramen head is the worst. Um, ramen head. Oh, I love yeah. it. That's what her hair looks like, dude. It I looks like it. Top ramen when you take it out of a bag. Chris. <laughs> um, <Gross>. Exactly. <laughs> like she, Constantly, she's maybe the worst liar, the definitely the worst pre press secretary of all time. A horrible administration of all time. Like 
you've heard me talk about how this is the administration of representation. Well, they found the worst representatives for each category. So that's for another day. When you said uh, evidence in a contradicting story, the first thing I thought of was OJ. Oh, mm -hmm. there you go. Mm -hmm. Good one. You know Good one. he did it. We all know he did it. The man went on the run. Every evidence that we like, like connected dots. OJ did it. Well, how do you spin it to make it look like he didn't do it? Well, you take the jury into the house and you frame him to be a brother, somebody who loves black people, not somebody right. who, you know, they were trying to make him this racial figure. So they put him with pictures of Malcolm X and uh, other African-American dignitaries. And that's what the Biden administration is going to do, per se. They have to find the optics of where they can lay this blame. Because we all know now whose it was. Like, mm -hmm. the thing about lying that I, I, I don't understand how this administration and humans in general haven't figured this out yet, that once you get caught in lies, it becomes very difficult to convince people of the truth. And when you start doing sketchy shit that criminals do, that liars do, like we've all lied. We've all been kids where we're, no, that, no, I never did that, mom. I never did that, dad. And they know damn well you did it. And they just wait for you to stumble. Right. Like the cover up that they do is so bad every time. And I know what they were thinking. They're like, mm -hmm. Secret Service is going to close out the case. We'll pass it over to the FBI. They'll leave it in outstanding uh, investigation. And we'll basically just bury it. Like, that's right. their game plan. It's very, at least now. until Hunter goes to court for his other shit so he can get his plea deal. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the game plan. But there's still good standing Americans that work in D.C., that are tired of this shit. They're tired of being yourself included. They're tired of being pawns to this deceit. Like this makes us, to your point again, Stephanie, this makes us look like assholes on the mm -hmm. global stage. Like these foreign dignitaries talk about like every time they go around Joe and he brings his dipshit son around, like, what's the first thing that they're going to say? We all know they're going to joke about this uh, this Dumbo of a son. Right. Well, you know, it's almost as if, like, this is like a TV show playing out in front of our eyes as, like, it, what uh, the America hell would look like in, uh, you know, an administrative context. But at the same time, I want to know, what is it that, is this, like, uh, a planted situation to distract from maybe what's going on in Ukraine where we're sending, you know, extra troops. Like, you know, you, you wonder sometimes like if this, you know, there might be like a little twist in the equation. What are your thoughts? So think about it as plate spinning, right? Um, domestic, international, and the future. The problem with um, 
the amateurs at the White House is A, they're amateurs, uh, B, these people, very few of them used to be in the Senate with Biden for a billion years, and it's only the Senate, it's not the White House. So right. in the executive branch, you have all these sub and parallel agencies and entities that have a responsibility. So the report that you'll see soon, because Breitbart has it, and they also have the name, and all they're doing editorially is just waiting to get confirmation that, in fact, that fingerprint is the name of person X, right? Um, <laughs> that they have to, I used to do rapid response, um, VIP rapid response in the White House for George W. Bush, and this is before <laughs> we had the internet. So we had to use fax machines and we would write three or four stories depending on the outcome. And mm -hmm. that's what you went with. So if it was outcome B instead of outcome D, you, you ran with outcome B, you might update that response, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But at least, at least you had it ready. That's the rapid response side of it. And so what White House comms is doing right now is setting themselves up to respond one of three or four ways, depending on who it is. If it's a drug dealer that brought it in with Hunter and it's Bob Johnson's fault and it's not Hunter's fault and no Hunter is an addict, so leave him alone, then they'll spin it that way. If it's Hunter, it's like, that's really horrible and he'll never do it again. And then his um, uh, F. Lee Bailey, Johnny Cochran lawyers that sent Trump a cease and desist letter, <laughs> cease and desist from using the First Amendment. Go oh fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah, that's Abby. That's Abby Lowell. He ne he never saw a scandal. He didn't. Uh, he didn't immerse himself in. Um, they uh, they're going to have to come up with a different legal strategy to keep him from paying a really big fine and potentially going to jail uh, for uh, for this. Um, not only just the paternity stuff, but also the uh, IRS stuff. Mm -hmm. So it can be problematic, and well, then they have to then. Um, wait for the American public to forget about it in a year and a half if Biden is the nominee, and I don't believe that he is. Well, the American public will forget about it in two, three weeks, because that's par for the course for America. So they right. know that they only have to cover up for a few weeks, let it blow over. Now, there's people like us who are not going to drop it, and mm -hmm. we want to know the truth. But the average American is an idiot. Let's be honest. Okay. Oh, and they have very short attention spans. So this will be an issue for some going forward. And it's already not an issue for others. You know, when I think of the optics of this, I, I remember seeing a video of Hunter doing an interview where he's talking about his white privilege and how the only reason that he's not in jail right now is because he's a Biden. And how it's not fair that that's the case. Well, here's another situation. This is his words, him Ooh. saying this. And yet again, he's going to use that name to get him out. Now, sitting on the outside, we don't know who it is. Okay? Let's just assume we don't know who it is. Rick Cochran. Guilty. <laughs> I would love for the Secret Service to come to my house. I got a few words for them. Oh, so, got a few questions. Then they can take me in. Well, uh, you know, 
Uh, with that being said, if I can comment, you know, I imagine the Secret Service that are rubbing shoulders with this administration, they're like going nuts in their minds with how what they see on a daily and they can't say anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I imagine, you know, would you believe that might be a part of the compromise in the structural like security potentially because, you know, you're not as motivated to I don't know. Well, un, un, that's a very good question, but unfortunately, the Secret Service for them already came out and said, we're not equipped to determine the difference between ricin and cocaine, which yeah. is complete bullshit. Okay. Okay. Well, we have the, the machine they use looks at the organic compound at a molecular level and screens it. You know exactly what it is and what it isn't. Good. Well, that's why they called on to the FBI to get that figured out too. Not that they couldn't have done it themselves. But, you know, there's good men and women working in the Secret Service, the FBI, the CIA, yes, you know, all across the board. And right now, we've got to remind Americans of the importance of these institutions because mm – -hmm. You're hearing calls for defund this, defund that, pull this apart, rah, rah, rah. Mm -hmm. These are necessary institutions, and not everybody that is involved is at the very top and is rubbing elbows with the corrupt. Mm -hmm. so we need to clean house, but we need to keep the fabric and the foundation mm -hmm. together. The, my question was, assuming we don't know who it is, okay? Yeah. What does common sense tell you when they hide who it is? Like if this was a normal staffer, wouldn't logic dictate they would be like, oh, it was X or Y or Z. They're in trouble. Boom. They wouldn't go to these levels of subterfuge to hide a cocaine possession charge for a normal citizen, no. a normal staffer. Why would they go to this length of deception? That's where it gets very cloudy and we start to point our fingers upwards because this isn't the type of behavior that the average citizen would get. I would not be able to get Joe Biden, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Claude Van Damme, and the rest of the gaggle of idiots to defend me and say, oh, it's not his fingerprint. Eric was doing blow out in the situation room with the situation, mind you. Um, but we're going to hide this because he's such an important, integral part of what we're trying to do here. Wouldn't happen. So at the White House, if you're a um, West Wing staffer or you're um, in the um, upper floors of the White House in the reception area where the staff offices are, which is on the west side of the building. So this is on the east side of the building where they found the uh, cocaine in the cubby. Um, you come in... Um, off of a parking lot um, off the um, uh, south side of the White House. 
you come in um, through, there's two different gates, right? Otherwise, there's this big gigantic building called the old executive office building. That's where I used to work. Vice president's office is in there, but it is a huge office for meetings, personnel of all kinds, from media to policy and blah, blah, blah. And then across the street at Blair House from the White House, uh, where the pedestrian mall is uh, uh, out on the um, north side that faces up out towards uh, D.C., um, you, um, you work there. So there's four different places you come in. You don't come in on the east side over by Treasury and go this way. You just come in like this. The access for those individuals that have West Wing access uh, is all known. It's all recorded. Uh, it's very few staffers comparative to everybody that's there. And almost no staff except the chief, maybe the council, and a few others go into the residence. Residence is off limits. Why so don't that, like, that? Like, like I said a couple of weeks ago, we, we already know who it is. Yeah. But why in both of you guys, give me the answer. Oh, and one thing I want to say, your Rick, your critique and your good question is about a group of people that ran a political campaign three years ago by putting a guy in a basement. Yeah. So they they're good at hiding things. That's their they're, that's their go to. Yeah. They really are. <laughs> It just uh, all of it, all of it is uh, a distraction from what's going on. You know, uh, Stephanie was talking about that they maybe plant this story because they want to draw attention away from all the other shit that's happening. And you know, I I thought that too. Like, is this another Ocean Gate? Because we <laughs> now know that Ocean Gate, the submersible that killed a bunch of a couple of billionaires in their progeny. Mm -hmm. We all know that was decided on a Sunday. They knew, but they drug the story out until Thursday. Why did they do that? Well, what was happening? Hunter was busy going to court for child support yeah. and getting his sweetheart plea deal for gun and tax evasion. Yep. So it's not – it's not a far-fetched thought to wonder if this is some sort of story being planted. Now, personally, I don't know why they would do that. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I don't know why they do a lot of things. I do. Why? <laughs> why? Well, it's mostly so it doesn't end up uh, at the top of the fold of a newspaper or the go-to headline. So they can distract with a disaster. Remember, you don't want to let a disaster ever go to waste. Correct. So, you know, I got some other things I want to cover, but more importantly, Stephanie, I want to hear from you both as a woman uh, and as a patriot, uh, an American citizen. What are the things that bother you most about what you hear and see that are going on, not just with the administration, but overall in the country. And then, you know, you live just right outside of Denver. Uh, and what what things are reflected that you're concerned about in your state? 
Well, that's a, a very great question. And, well, you know, I think just the, the overall integrity of our country, like that's at stake right now. The whole like, I feel like our, the majority of the populace is uh, brainwashed in thinking that it's a certain way and like we're living, carrying out and we're living things in a certain way and that we're incapable of taking our freedom back. And so, you know, right now you just see so many people dull because of all this like chaos that come, you know, that surrounds us with the media and, you know, you're not able to think for yourself and, you know, in Colorado and, you know, you, you um, see all these different things happening with, you know, the car theft being number one in the nation. You have fentanyl that is rampant and we know where it's coming from. We know we can address this, but yet it's still across, crossing our borders. And then, you know, uh, the homeless and, you know, what is being taught to our, our children. And so, we're, you know, we're being attacked at all forefronts and it's very hard for an individual to, to distinguish or decipher um, how to be proactive in taking back our power, if that makes sense. Sure. And, and so, you know, I, I see that as the biggest like hurdle is trying to get people motivated to be involved and trying to bridge the gap and try to come together and not be so um, divisive, right? you know, I, or um, divided, excuse me. And so I'm just, yeah, let's end it there. <laughs> Rick, what's, uh, what do you think about that, buddy? Well, I got a few questions for Miss Rill myself. Um, because she brings up some interesting points, and we know how important the female demographic is to voting. And we've seen a slip in the numbers on the Democrat side. More women have been turning away from voting blue in mm -hmm. recent years. This is true. Now, they've always been a very strong democrat voice uh in terms of educated affluent women but not every woman is educated and affluent per se to fit in that demographic but do you think that women are going to be the deciding factor in this next election or do you think it's going to be hispanics Well, there's Hispanic women, so you know if we get them <laughs> together, no. uh, <laughs> right, there, right there. Print. Um, yeah, you know I feel like uh, women. So I, with my experience and just interacting in general, you know, women are at this point and threshold in our society where we're taking charge and we're, you know, kind of getting things going and being more intrigued because we're stuck in these situations. You know, you have single moms trying to survive. You have, you know, the mom that's trying to also have a career and, but then maybe, you know, at home it's, they're the only ones that are making the show run at home at the same time. And so I, it's potentially a pivotal point in change. And so then they're waking up and seeing what's going on around them. That's creating this chaos maybe at the home. And so women are definitely a distinguishing factor because they're recognizing that yeah. this doesn't look right. And, um, 
wanting to take their power back. And I see that, you know, in Colorado and, you know, with women going and running for office across the country. So yeah, we'll just stick with women. I like that. Yeah. So yeah. another question for you. I got two more if I can, Mark. Yeah. But okay. I want Stephanie, remember the story you told me about the Democrat <clears throat> woman you were talking to at the, uh, the Ganahl campaign a while back. Oh, right. Yeah, that yeah, was. I want you to let Ricky uh, ask his questions. I want you to come back to that because it, it talks about um, mitigating divisiveness. But go, Rick, please. As a strong, empowered woman, which is so important to the American lexicon today. Are you talking about Stephanie or yourself? Because I are you going to break some news here or what? For sure. Like, come on. Don't make me blush. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's, you know, for guys who have been around empowered women <clears throat> their entire lives, you know, I was raised by a single mom until I was 13. And I saw what it took for a woman to fucking grind. Pardon my French, but I never went without. I didn't go without love. I didn't, I know... I knew want. I didn't know need. I did mm -hmm. everything that I could. She put herself through school, became a, a victim's witness advocate at the county attorney's office. I saw um, all of this stuff, okay? But I want to know what the top three issues for a woman like yourself is going into the 2024 cycle. Well, I want to see strength in a leader. You know, I want them to be able to make a decisive decision and stick to that decision and not flip-flop because that compromises uh, people's trust in whether or not they can carry out what they do in office. Um, I want to see some unification potentially. Uh, uh, However, I want to also go off of results in uh, the candidate uh, and know where what track record they've had to lead up to that very moment. Um, and then I would like to, uh, it, it, with the third one is going to be a hard one that I'm going to have to think about. Um, take a time. Take a time so out. Here's you, what I, here's okay. what I want to ask you then in in that regard. Then this is a yes or no question. Okay. Biden and Trump, right? Right. If they're the nominees, then I'm going to go through two iterations at least. Ask you the same thing. Decisive decision maker. Biden, yes or no? No. Trump, yes or no? Yes. Unifier, Biden, yes or no? No. Trump? No. Results-oriented, Biden, Trump? Uh, uh, Trump, yes. Right, right. So now, Gavin Newsom, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, decisive decision-maker, Gavin DeSantis. Gavin, no. DeSantis, yes. Unity, unifier. Gavin, no. Uh, DeSantis, yes. 
Results oriented. Gavin, no. DeSantis, yes. Very good. Rick, what were you going to say, buddy? Thank you, Steph. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that insight, Stephanie. We appreciate that. Anytime. That was beautiful. <laughs> so here's... Okay. Drum roll, please. Kamala Harris, Jen Psaki, Corrine Jean-Claude Van Damme, Elizabeth Warren, Rachel Levine, how far back are these women setting women? Repeat the, that last part. How far back? How far back are those women, one of them not, setting women? Setting women? Setting women back. How far are they setting women back with their dispositions, points of view, uh, and... Um, general existence well, it, it's pretty apparent that they perhaps rub shoulders to get to the position that they're at um potentially just because they're what they what they have sewed what they have put out there it just it makes women look like they don't know what they're doing i, I don't know those individuals i would say what about mrs doubtfire in the uh, in the uniform. Oh uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> cue cue the Aerosmith song. Dude looks like a lady, Rick. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, I I literally was like thinking about this that scene when Absolutely. you were talking about the fire, and so that's where my head went. Vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you could throw an AOC in there. You could throw a Marjorie Taylor Green in there. Um, Great story on her yesterday in the Hill uh, uh, newspaper, and it's also really around the campfire on the Republican side. Is she marginalized the living daylights out of herself with this fight that she had with Bobert, Lauren Bobert from oh, Colorado, sure. and they kicked her out of the Freedom Caucus. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, so I was talking to a, a chief of staff about it yesterday who's in the Freedom Caucus, who's a buddy of mine. And it's like, how many times do you need to slam the drawer on your thumbs to know that you shouldn't do that anymore? Because a lot of us are just like, all right, you deserved it. Well, really dumb. She's dumb. Like, that's just all there really is. Really dumb. I but, mean, Rick's like, not a fan of MTG. <laughs> I am not. Uh, I I think she gives. You know, I, I I can respect her her intentions and prowess, just like all of those female candidates that mm -hmm. I because minus uh, Kareem Jean Pierre and Jen Psaki, they're pretty much bozos. Uh, they're dead weight. But the other women. Now, I may not like their politics, but they have risen to a certain level. And to their constituents, uh, they're giving them what they want. And for whatever reason, people are voting them in. So I think that I may not personally like a candidate, but I can understand that 
they do have some sort of value because I personally believe in balance. Like I don't right. like the scales tipping too far in either right. favor. I'm an independent. So mm -hmm. I, I like the idea of not agreeing with something all the time. I don't mm -hmm. like super mm -hmm. far factions. I think that's mm -hmm. people that can't listen. And Marjorie Taylor, yeah, Rose, Elizabeth Warren, those types, yeah. uh, they can't listen to the other side. So um, uh, I think <clears throat> sometimes that when these are the faces of female politics, that it does a disservice. Um, you know, I'm a Tulsi Gabbard fan. Like, I love Tulsi Gabbard. Love her. Right. Love yes. Tulsi Gabbard. She's I surfer, too, which you got to love, man. 2032, mm -hmm. she will be president. Write that down. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I I think that they men for right or wrong see these women are like there's no effing way I'm gonna put a broad in the White House. Mm. You know, there's ignorant that will that will think that, and then they see this sort of cattiness, and it's not that there isn't infighting with men too, because men are just uh, can be very dramatic as well. But these you talking about Willis? What you talking about, Willis? I'm worried <laughs> that they're doing a disservice so much to women that it's going to exclude them from future advancement. I, right. I that's my only concern. Um, so I gotta, do you want to respond to that, Steph? Because I want to ask you another, another question, Jermaine. Everything you said, great. Boom. Um, so thankfully, and Rick, we talked about this last year. I told you, we talked about it even before that. I told you it was going to take about a year, two years, and then the dissipation of this nonsense was going to, uh, start accelerating the, Whoa. um, uh, Union of Cyclists International, which controls, uh, the, a global cycling competition. It's like the mm -hmm. ATP tour for uh, uh, oh killer Alcaraz just beat. Um, uh, he's going to the final. That's beautiful. Um, Thanks, Mark. We're so we're you're welcome. It's a play-by-play -play on the No Filter Network. <laughs> no Network, a sports show. Thank you very much. Um, they just. Uh, put a ban on transgender men in women's sports and women's cycling. Um, when you first saw that, when I sent that to you, Steph, what was your immediate reaction? I was As like, well, Switzerland's going to lead the way. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we, we need somebody to lead the way because obviously America is kind of perpetuating this rhetoric and you know, it's like, well, finally someone's taking a stand for women because, you know, mm -hmm. it's just it, it just doesn't make any sense. It, why would you not have, uh, why wouldn't you stand up for women? You know, women's rights, come on. Right, 100%. So it's, you know. Right. Simple, so like, simple. The male chauvinist pig in me is like, all that trans athletes are doing is letting men take over women's roles women's spots women's money women's opportunities and it's so unnecessary like 
we know biology exists. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a very delicate subject to have with women sometimes, if I'm going to be frank, because I have athletes in my family and it's hard for them to hear that. Look, LeBron James will be every female basketball player there is. There's never going to be a female basketball player that will beat LeBron James. That's hard to hear. Now, there's some areas where women can exceed. But allowing men to come in, especially when it comes to high school athletics. Now, I coach football. And I coached middle school football. And I had girls on my team. I let the girls play because the biology hasn't set into a place to where they are at a disadvantage and can be hurt. But once you start to get up there and these guys start to get 6'5", 285, mm-hmm. and you have a girl that's five foot one, 120, that guy is going to destroy that female. Right. Hands down. It, every time. And well, it's yeah, a, we had that conversation the other day, Steph. You and I did. my players, yeah. like I would literally call plays for to get them involved, but to make sure that they were protected as much. So I would call uh, a Y sw- a Y slot screen. I wouldn't let them run a thirty-one blast. Okay, that's football lingo for you guys out there. But I would make sure that they had necessary blockers, necessary space to do their thing, to use their talents. And they were tough cookies. I love, you know, they mm-hmm. grinded every day. They showed up. They didn't bitch. My guy players bitched a thousand times more than my female players. I pointed to them all the time. It was like, you guys need to suck it up because I don't hear Denny. I don't hear Kaylee out here. I don't hear Emma whining like you guys do. When it comes to sprints, you guys are the first to go, come on, coach. They don't ever say that. Suck it up, you know. Yep. And when you see men take these roles, these scholarships, these positions on Olympic teams, it frustrates the hell out of me. The ESPYs were on the other day. What happened when the women's team went up there to get the Arthur Ashe Award? They had mm-hmm. to throw in a. We want this for trans athletes so that right. they play. It's like. You're on the, so mad when that happens. It drives me nuts. The Megan Rapinos of the world, who I just want to cunt punt to the moon. Pardon my right. friend. Oh dear. It, you know, there, there's certain women that she now that she's going to retire, why wouldn't she want men to be able to play in women's soccer? Well, um, it's a rhetoric. Fine, point, fine points that are made. Um, again. Disney owns ABC. Disney owns ESPN. Uh, I'll I'll uh, point to all the stories about Disney World in case no one has has seen what their agenda is. So um, just like these um, folks on ESPN that are covering Wimbledon, mm-hmm. um, which is one of my favorite tournaments, and and tennis is one of my favorite sports, they are politically carving out a narrative because the producers that make the show 
and the ones that signed their contracts year over year, like Chrissy Everett and a few others that unfortunately keep injecting the Ukraine war and politics and, and race into these tournaments with these elite athletes, which is absurd. Um, they're doing it because they've been told to do it by the people that mm -hmm. control them, which, and it's pathetic. It's ridiculous. So in the time we've got left, um, people I, are tired uh, of it. Let's just call it what well, it is. They're absolutely sick of it. People are over it. We're done so with I, politics, social I politics. These guys, yeah. I tweet the to these NBA, guys all the, the time. The NBA had the four of the five yeah. least rated finals of all time. Right. Wonder and why. Last five years. Four, four of the lowest rated finals of all time came in these past five years. They are losing numbers because people are tired of it. They're sick of it. They're absolutely sick of it. And so again, you saw what I what I wrote uh, from what I sent you guys. Disney wants to get rid of ESPN. <laughs> right? Thank you. Good. Shocker. Maybe maybe Walmart or the Saudis will buy it. Who the hell knows? But Oh dear. Um <laughs> in, in terms of, you know, because here on the No Filter Network Network. We are talking about sports. We like to wrap up with sports, right? Because it's a sports network and we love it. Um, you have a, a question I asked you guys is what do uh, the UAW and SAG after, which are the uh, actors union, have in common? Well, both of them have uh, mentioned inflation and Biden, the latter not directly, but inflation directly as being the reasons why they're striking. So again, hmm. you ask about narratives, you ask about cocaine in the White House, you ask about why would they do this, why would they do that to, to distract from the reality on the ground. That's exactly the reason why, right? So UAW is, uh, is going after Biden right now because they're putting workers, they're idling workers in EV factories and auto factories because they're driving it overseas or down to me hecho a mexico right um and uh and sag aftra who's complaining about the vertical integration of streaming companies um are saying our actors can't make ends meet because they're not being paid what they should be paid and oh by the way we don't like the fact that you're thinking about using ai which it's inevitable it's like right. like complaining about the internet in the 90s and saying, oh, no, that's going to put people out of work who <laughs> use typewriters, right? Mm -hmm. Sorry. It's over. It's done. Get used to it. Adapt or die. Um, yeah. So, Stephanie, on um, – oh, wait. And my last one, Rick, is they're giving away free tickets to the uh, Women's oh, yeah. World Cup in New Zealand because yeah. they can't fill the seats. Yeah. <laughs> Three ninety nine. That's what I like to say. Three ninety nine. Right. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, Rapinoe's still going on about how women should have equal pay, and they have, uh -huh. they don't get the bonuses, and they don't make the same amount of money. It's like, yeah. if you look at the numbers, Dumbo, you get a pool of X amount of dollars, and you get paid X amount of dollars. You actually make more percentage wise than your male counterparts. By about twenty percent, 
So by normal capitalistic standards, you egregiously make more money than your male counterparts. Now, you may not get a bottom dollar that is more, but you also don't bring in more money. So, sorry. So I, I, want to, I want us to have this conversation on a different day, but I have to ask you kind of a micro question about that, Stephanie. When you are in a jiu-jitsu match, um, how long does the match last? between you and another opponent? Five to six minutes, depending on which um, entity you go through. So, so you're given a, you're given, you're given what time allotment to finish your match? How much time are you given? Uh, five minutes. Okay. Are the men given five minutes? Yeah. Okay. That's so there's, e there's, there's equality in terms of that, right? Mm-hmm. Here's part of my problem. I just want you to think about it, you guys. Um, I I love women in sports. I was 14 and 72 when Title IX came in. It did nothing but make sports better as far as I'm concerned. The rest of it is marketing and promotion, okay, and what the audience wants to see. Wimbledon, um, it's best of two for women. Men, it's best of three. We already know why. We don't need to go into the biology and the reality right. of the situation. Mm -hmm. that, is not, that is not a bad payday um, when you only have to win best of two matches. Or, right. Right? Or, or best of two sets. Um, is, is the fairness in your sport something that you're comfortable with or do you see, just briefly, do you see inequities uh, in the jiu-jitsu arena uh, also? You know, I really haven't seen much just because it is with, you know, like, uh, you know, I have only competed against with other women. But when mm -hmm. it comes to, like, practicing and, like, I'm doing, like, my practice, I tend to practice with men. And right. I have noticed, like, there is a difference between practicing between men and women. And, you know, I... Uh, women are a little more flexible and, you know, can kind of, you know, um, uh, check me on my BS, <laughs> whereas maybe I can get away with it with a guy in the sense of like a, a submission. So it's a little bit unique in that regards that, you know, right. I have an effort to train with women. Um, but when it comes to like the standards and everything, I haven't noticed any, you know, discrepancies of like, you know, between the different genders. Uh, when it comes to MMA, I have seen, uh, you know, transgender come in on the MMA side of things and knock, a, you know, give a girl a concussion, um, you know, and yeah. really make some, like, crack her skull. I can't remember who this was, but, you know, there is instances of that in the MMA world so that's kind of creeping in. So, you know, that definitely needs to stop. Well, I think the UCI thing will start to resonate in other sports because, again, it's driven by money. It's driven by attendance. It's driven by, of course, clicks, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And um, whether people go to see a sport that men and women play simultaneously, whether it is um, uh, weightlifting and competitive weightlifting or shooting, right? You're going right. to go for different reasons, and money is going to follow you, and marketing follows you. Um, I, I think that these folks are going to end up pausing. Rick, what, what? Uh, give me your thoughts on that, real quick. So, I actually have a question for 
Stephanie mm-hmm. in regards to male, female jujitsu and specifically um, more males coming in to fight females. With this whole equality empowerment thing, we're seeing a lot of crime against women. And I'm concerned that it's empowering men to hit women. That there's Potentially. No, that there's no longer the same taboo. Now, when you're training, all bets are off. Props to you for picking a partner that's going to give you the best training. Like, mm-hmm. don't give a shit. I think it's awesome to step up your level and find, like you said, one can do this, one can do that. You're trying to hone your craft and sharpen the dull edges. So that Mm -hmm. makes sense. But when you see all these reports about men going into this place and taking over women's stuff, men going into that place and uh, Mm -hmm. fighting and being celebrated for brutally beating a woman, all of a sudden we're seeing men hitting women and old people. It's a really odd thing that's happening right now. Like I've seen more blatant assaults against women. Like there's a story about Strollerville in San Francisco where yep. a band of 17 year olds are going in attacking moms in strollers like the uh, criminals didn't used to behave like this well that's because they've taken away disincentives okay and that has less to do about the gender and soft tar- and more about soft targets and disincentives yeah, but we were they know they're not going to get arrested and growing up and no, somewhere along the line i, I, I understand like we're losing that sort of conversation but- yeah, but we didn't have Stephanie. Does it does it didn't have that you? problem? Does it bug ago. you when you hear as somebody who can handle her own? Does mm-hmm. it bug you when you hear a guy say that or parents say and tell a young man that they shouldn't hit a woman? Does that does that bother you at all? No. Not necessarily. I think it's, you know, we're seeing this because of all of like the violence and the games and like the TV shows and like, and it's kind of a repeat, like people repeat kind of what they see sometimes and subconsciously. Um, However, when it comes to like, you know, women can are vulnerable, they can be vulnerable and they can be easy targets. And so it's just potentially like a spiritual thing and also just going after the vulnerable, most vulnerable and women can also be the most like, influential part of society and bringing it back to where it needs to be in a time like such and so perhaps it's like this way of roundabout suppressing women still but you know we have so much empowerment we can come together and like riley gains um what she does and you know speaking out of what her circumstance and how she's been involved with you know transgender you know taking over her title um you know it just takes a little you know some little voice to you know ignite the fire and potentially maybe rewrite write that you know and sh- stop that violence towards women 
Um, but it does, doesn't necessarily bother me. Well, I work a lot in law enforcement, as you guys know. And so um, the disincentives that are promulgated by soft on crime policies, abolish ICE, abolish the police, et cetera, et cetera, um, are signaling to criminals, and it's shown in the data um, of violent crimes, robbery, and whatnot, that are um, telling them, go ahead and do whatever the hell you want because you're not going to jail. I mean, right. you just had a guy, uh, you just had a guy oh. slash people on the subway uh, and they freaking let him out yesterday, no bail. Okay. Yeah, you hit the nail on the doctor. So, and, and that same DA in New York two days ago, Alvin Bragg, who's a George Soros hand puppet, said that he is afraid to take the subway. Right. So all those wow. convoluted messages, all that stupid progressive left policy that does not do anything but make people unsafe and, un and destabilize society is doing exactly what it was designed to do is to destabilize society, make people feel unsafe. And mm -hmm. they're doing that so they can shift the power from people that work collectively in their communities, regardless of the level of melanin or gender in their skin uh, um, or, or in themselves to people who want more power and want to pull it away yeah. from people in society. It has yeah. been tried and tried and tried before. Uh, it will fail. The issues we've talked about for the last couple of years, and I've told people um, on this show, uh, give it two years, people will start rejecting it, it is occurring uh, one after the other. So parental mm -hmm. rights, uh, global cycling saying sorry dude you can't compete in girls sports and this stuff dealing with criminal activity is is all going to get turned on its head it'll take us about rick it'll take us four years after the uh 2024 election to the 2030 midterms for it to get completely turned around because politicians on the other side that support it are going to lose power. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening. Four days ago in the District of Columbia, the moron um, city councilman, Phil Mendelson, it's been around way too long, less than a month and a half ago, said, oh, no, crime isn't a problem, came out and said, oh, my God, we have to do something about crime and rewrite the crime bill along with the idiot mayor that D.C. has because a Afghani interpreter that gave 18 years of his life to us in Afghanistan got stabbed and killed by four kids seen running down an alleyway on a, on a ring camera uh, while he was doing his lift driving. Uh, uh, near why he in D.C. in the first place? Well, he lives there. Yeah, but why did he move to D.C.? Oh, I have no idea. Well, hmm. Fun fact, he actually lived in Philadelphia before that and moved because he was mugged violently in Philadelphia. Well, you so can thank he, Larry Krasner for that, who's also a George Soros puppet. So that, yeah. that really yeah. uh, you know, encapsulates my point, is these policies um, are going to be tolerated for very little time going forward. People are Good. sick of it, as Rick said earlier. Good. So um, any parting thoughts in the uh, few moments that we've got left, uh, Uncle Rico? Well, first and foremost, uh, I want to thank Steph because 
your candidness with some of my questions. I know they're very hard and you're probably going, what the hell? This wasn't, this is off script, but that's me in a nutshell. We don't get too many females on here that are willing to be honest and have conversations and your ability to recognize that sometimes women can be in a state of vulnerability in those crime talks uh, just points to your honesty and then how you find that we fix the solution. You know, the one thing that I'm getting from you is you want people to come together. You want us to write this shit because you see that we're more alike than we are different. And I a thousand percent agree with that. Mm -hmm. And on a personal level, I think we need to stop trying to talk to these idiots on the outside that just can't hear. They just will not. They cannot. They will never mm -hmm. hear an argument that is counter to theirs. And we need to stop wasting our time trying to sell them. Doesn't mean we don't have conversations with them, but we need to stop putting our efforts in there and start focusing on this. Because the more we focus on this, the more we'll get that. And well, you focus less on the fringes and more on the majority. Uh, Stephanie, what about yourself? Parting thoughts for the day. Well, thank you so much, Uncle Rico, and I'm just blessed to be able to, you know, join Mark and you know, been able to connect and just have like a, I try to bring a, a refreshing perspective based off of, you know, what I see and, you know, we have to do things differently if we really want to make a difference. And so, you know, what has been, you know, the normal for maybe one party or the other, you know, maybe is not the new, you know, the continuous normal, we, we have to change our thought process and come together, but we also have been like so caught up in, you know, pointing the fingers that it's just, it's so counterproductive. So um, it's refreshing to be able to come on the show and I appreciate y'all um, having me and thank you so much. Of course. Well, we're, uh, we're grateful. Um, we can always learn from the past, but it's important to look towards the future, right? Mm -hmm. And as we do that, we try to do that here uh, to be predictive, but also informative. And so, you know, we, uh, you and I've talked, we'll definitely have you come back with some degree of frequency. Um, I just want to thank you guys again for taking time out of your day for uh, doing a show here on the No Filter Network. No Filter Network. Thank you. Let's hear you say that, Stephanie. Do it. Do it. Go ahead. I did. I did. The No Filter Network. There we go. See? There you have it. It's all good. Um, we will see you guys have a great weekend. We will see okay. you guys next week, obviously, and we'll we'll chat in the interim. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Toodaloo, kangaroos. Toodaloo, kangaroos. Later. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>